Welcome to the Genuine Gals Podcast, where we talk about real shit in a fun way. Just two gal pals talking about life like we're out to lunch. Let's get into it. All right, welcome to this week's podcast, everyone. We're going to get into something that we feel is very important when it comes to talking about relationships and marriage. And it's not something that we necessarily have figured out, but we really wanted to talk about it. And technically, I guess you could say, is called the division of labor. There are definitely different stages of it. So we're going to get into that in terms of like what part of your relationship you're at, all that kind of stuff. So again, bear with us, but we're just excited to dig in with y'all and um, let's get into it. Okay. Well, I do think that when it comes to, well, I can only really speak about my marriage, but when I, when I look at what other people are doing, I'm like, cool, that works for you. That doesn't work for me. And that's like when, when we talk about the division of labor and I really do think everyone's strengths need to be considered. Everyone's weaknesses need to be considered and everyone's likes and dislikes. Like I, I think, and there are different parts of this too, that come into play too, of like, are we talking cleaning the house? Are we talking cooking Are like, what are we talking about here? And then also like, how do kids play into that? How do energy levels play into that? How to just, how do like overall vibe for the day? Are we doing vibe checks? Like not vibe checks, energy checks and like all of those kinds of things. And I think it can change 100%. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to kind of dig a little deeper, but for us, it's, it's really, I don't know. It's different. It's very different. Like Zach does all the cooking and all the cleaning and not all the cleaning. Sorry. My husband does all of the cooking. He cleans the kitchen. I'll help. Like I love, I do love cooking with him. Our kitchen's just, it's a galley kitchen. It's really small. So that makes it really hard. And then same with, same with cleaning. So, but he also loves cook. We call him the chef. He, that's, that's his jam. Um, but that also makes like a lot of the other things kind of my stuff. So I vacuum, I do the laundry. Um, I'm not the best cleaner. So, and neither is he. And I wouldn't say that we get like aggravated by grime. The only area he gets aggravated by grime is the kitchen. So for us, it's like, oh, getting a little bit too grimy in here time to make the cleaning you know like it's just when it when we hit our ceiling of that's gross pretty much like we don't have a calendar which that might gross some people out I know it grosses you out um so that's one thing but I do think there's a lot to it and you kind of have to find your special sauce and your special jam because guess what I don't love cooking and I don't love cleaning um and I certainly don't clean the baseboards. I have, I have a friend who loves to clean her baseboards. And I ask her, I'm like, you want to come and clean mine? Like I'll pay you. And she like, is this close to, to taking me up on it? Um, shout out to you, Taylor. Um, but I do think that it's all about like what you like and what you don't like. And there's more to this division of labor. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Gail, because I do think that there is a different, um, perspective there that we can also dive into, but there's just so much here to, to kind of dig into also. Yeah. The first thing that you said that I feel like is so relevant is depend on your strengths. Right. And that's what you do in a team. Like you guys are a team. Yeah. And then when you have kids, all of you guys are a team. Right. Right. And that's what you do at work too. In a baby, we can put a sponge in a baby's hand. Just kidding. Yeah. Oh my God. Our kids are going to be doing work as soon as they can hold things in their hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I? Oh, so we've evolved to have those different strengths in a certain capacity. So men, it, like the nearsighted thing and the farsighted thing is the thing that popped into my head first was like men tend to have a stronger farsightedness and the theory is that they evolved to have that because they had to keep an eye on the horizon, right. For predators and protection. Um, 
protecting the the communal tribe and women have stronger nearsightedness and that's because they work with like really detailed you know craftsmanship and things like that and so because of those differences in strengths like we have evolved and selected for those things like you want to select for someone who can contribute to the the tribe or contribute to the family and I don't know exactly the literature on how that divides, but I do think that I do think that division of labor is more fluid now and men and women are more similar now. So it makes sense to me in your dynamic that y'all kind of both share the household duties. Whereas in the past that was known to be more of a woman's job. But now, like, women are out in the workforce, thank God. Like, I think we started going crazy in the house with just kids and stuff. And I, like, I can't even, and thank goodness men also selected for women like us, like our genes and the fact that we are career-driven and want to be out in the world is something that's been selected for, right? That's like a personality, like a genetic disposition towards a certain personality type. Mm-hmm. and it's definitely more masculine more of a masculine trait thank thank god like I, I picture myself in a house with a bunch of kids and I'm like man our ancestors were saints <laughs> really so yeah. anyway but there are still people today that want to do that and they do it flawlessly and love doing it so it's definitely definitely still around I think some and it does depend on the culture and the value system right? Like my, my grandma, that's all she wanted. And that's what she wants for me too. You know, she wants me to get married, be a stay at home mom and have kids. And to her, that's like the highest value. And that's totally fine. I disagree. Like something inside of me is like, no, I can't do that. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what changed. I mean, I think because there are so many different resources at our fingertips that instead of, right, like think about when, not even our parents, but before that, so our grandparents, they didn't have easy access to information that allowed them to then be in a workforce, especially especially women. Like men were out there, they were learning and doing things and women were at home. They were watching their moms. They were watching their moms cook and their mom was teaching them how to clean and cook and do all the things. Right. And now we have the resources, whether it be the internet or, well, obviously they had books back then, but really the internet and just different ways of going about things where we are absorbing knowledge and just learning new and new things. And it became, I don't know what the point was, like at what point in history did it become not only, I'm sure you could pinpoint better than I could of like, okay, this point in history, it became acceptable for women to be in the workforce or like not even just acceptable, but like a shift happened. Right. Um, I think the, definitely, you know, world war two made it very much like women have to be in the workforce because all of our men are at war. Right. And so they, they went to the factories and they brought their kids with them and all that, that stuff started shifting. Um, maybe that's when they realized they actually liked it. You know, I don't know. Um, if I should ask my history buff of a husband, he'd probably know more than I do, but all of that to say, I do think that there are, um, there's just more, availability of knowledge and resources is what I'm getting at. So I do think too, like there's always, there's that idea that behind every successful man, there's a smart or strong woman or I can't, I butcher totally. But I do think that women have always been wise and known. And there's that, that woman's intuition. Right. And we've, we have that, but because she needed to like be shut in physically protected because we're the weaker sex. Like I really don't, I do think it came down to, yeah. how, you know, need, we are, we have a finite reproductive resource. 
we can't like men can men have the cheapest reproductive resource, right? Like they just constantly are, re- are producing and like throwing out their, their seed. It's <laughs> just like millions, maybe even billions. I don't know of like opportunities for them to produce offspring and they can do it multiple times within minutes. Right. Or maybe within hours, I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure some men could do it multiple times within minutes, but regardless, and women can only get pregnant that one time. And then the duration of the dependency lasts years, right? Because she has to keep that child alive. And then she's also got the nine month pregnancy duration and and all those things. So there's a high cost and men essentially are like protecting with like, I picture men putting them in the home and building like a structure around them. And then I think of other species, right? Like birds that build nests and the most egalitarian species or the most egalitarian like phylum, I think it is in the animal kingdom. There's a lot of bird species that tend to have like a really equal division of labor and just seeing them like the way that they've selected for uh, the men, like a lot of female birds tend to be the primary selectors but anyways I, I think of like the men with the men the male of the species being mm-hmm. the ones that have to protect the nest and the females are the ones that go out and hunt it's just like to me it's nuts and I think the more knowledge like you were saying the more knowledge we have about how the world can work the more we're like oh maybe we start taking this pathway and I really do like that women are in the workforce like I, I think it it is the more progressive pathway for sure. Um, there's this other idea though, that uh, maybe it's a lot more difficult for men to interact with women in the workplace because of that underlying like sexual attraction piece that's there. Um, and they can't just like, and they have to be more sensitive, right? They can't do the whole boys club thing. So I I want to know more about that argument because I do think in some cases there may be some validity to it. But as far as my own preference, like I just, I do not want my job to be a stay-at-home mom. I think being a stay-at-home mom is very honorable. Mm-hmm. But there's something inside of me that's like, that would be not good for me, <laughs> for, for like my mental health or, or something. I would agree. I mean, I think, I mean, there's a couple of things. I want the best of both worlds. Let's put it this way. So- I remote work has been life-changing for a lot of people. Um, and I think it's come to light more and more, right. Just through COVID and all that. And so once I got a taste of that, I was like, Ooh, this is something like, this is something, there's something here. And then I started doing it with my husband. So he too is at home and it's like, we have our own little like office banter and like we have lunch together and we do all these things. Right. And so I don't feel lonely in any way, shape or form. I could only imagine doing this and like having no one around me, like it would definitely feel different. And I've obviously had days where I'm the only one at home working and it feels different. Right. So anyways, what I'm getting at there is like, if our idea is that we can have the best of both worlds where we would like to be at home with our kids and spend as much time as possible with our kids while also having jobs. And so we don't want to like break ourselves. Right. But we want to have the flexibility and also the capability of earning money when we want to earn it while also raising our children. And that might look like, and we were not there yet, but we're working towards it. So like, I just got this remote job. That's fantastic. That was step one. Like my brain, I'm like, okay, we're on our way. And Zach, yes, he has a remote job. Um, but he can't live anywhere yet. Like we need him to get a remote job where he can live anywhere. And then like, it's just this whole like master plan, right. That we're going to, we're going to be able to do this. Now I have like talked to people who they both work from home and some days it's a meeting clusterfuck, if you will, of like, they both have like back-to-back meetings and they literally neither of them can like take care of their child, you know? And like, 
kids get to a certain age where they're no longer napping as much and they need more attention and to be occupied and you can't have them like right here all the time in order to like efficiently do the work that you need to be doing. Right. And like, I'm not comfortable charging a company to pay me when I'm not actually giving a good output. Right. So then my brain goes into, okay, I would either need to live near a family member or we would have to pay someone to come in a couple of times a week in order to compensate for those quote unquote, like clusterfuck days. Right. And now I, you know, I think that that is just, that's possible. And I also think that it, within that there is a division of labor of like, I'm going to try to, we're, we're both going to try to stagger our meetings so that when I'm in a meeting, he's not, and he can say, have the child in the room with them while they're playing with whoever knows what, and he can still get work done. Right. And so that's the ideal. I also think that you can think that, and it might not go to plan. And like, I do, I do believe though, like there are circumstances where it, where it can be done. You can have the best of both worlds. I definitely am not, I will put a stake in the ground that says I will not be the the mom that is at work five days a week and puts their kid in childcare to me, no hate or shade to people who do that. But to me, you're literally going to work to pay for childcare. Like where else is the money going? Childcare is so expensive unless you're a sweet C-suite, like, you know, CEO, COO, or something like that, where you make enough to where it's like above and beyond. Okay. Maybe I could see that. But if you're, you know, I don't know, honestly, anything less than that, you're probably literally just robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like that's, that's what it is. So I get frustrated by that. I understand also people, women who are driven and are on a career path that don't want to give it up for their kids, but they really wanted kids. So it's, they don't know which one to do. Um, and you step out of that, the, the workforce for an extended period of time and you lost all the progress that you made. So in some way I get it, but also like in another way, I don't know. I mean, everyone has their reason for having kids and everyone has their plan and how they want to raise them. And that's a, that's up to them, but that's not how we're going to do it. (laughs) Um, and that's my prerogative, but division of labor within that is very much like it's a give and a take and it's a trade-off. And we also, I really fully believe we'll have to assess what we, what we do and what we pay for. Like I would, I would rather spend all my time taking care of my kids and working and pay someone to come clean my house than to like, feel stressed that I have to clean my house. So I need to pay someone to come watch my kids. Like, no, you can come clean my house. I'll watch my kids. Like I, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So while you're talking, remind me of this question that I posed to several of my friends because division of labor is definitely a topic among all us newly married (laughs) ladies. Um, The question is, or the hypothetical situation is one of you, the husband or the wife are at home all day working with the kids, right? So you're feeding, napping, cleaning up after them, playing, right? It's work. It's one of the, they say one of the hardest jobs and it can be the man or the woman doing that. And then the, um, which happens now, the other spouse is out working their ass off at an actual job like out in the world and they come home and they want to rest because they just like the work days kick their butt. Right. And that happens to both me and my husband now, but the spouse that's been at home with the kids all day expects the other spouse to come home and relieve them so they can rest and not like also continue doing their job. Right. Like, how the hell (laughs) do you do that so it's fair? And even now, like, we don't have kids, but we both come home stressed. Like, whose job is it to unload the dishwasher so we have silverware? 
it's both of our jobs. We'll both do it, right? But we both had an equally tough day. Who, like, who has the percentage, you know, right? Like, who has enough energy to, and so I, I really do think, like, I, I don't know. I'm posing the question to you because, yeah. like, really, what the hell? Like, how do you make that fair? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my first thought is, listen, you both agreed to have kids and it's a, it's a commitment and it's tough and it's tough on everyone. Like as long as you can both agree to that, right? Like that's number one, like perspective. Number one, number two is just because you are at work outside of the home. Um, like I think there's an agreement that you can come to of like, okay, I had a 15 minute drive. I got a chance to breathe. I need another 15 minutes or maybe it's a 30 minutes. I'll give you max an hour, maybe an hour is too much, but probably in the scheme of kids, an hour is way too long um, because they're probably going to be going to bed. But like it, let's just say you make an agreement. Okay. we're going to meet in the middle. I'll give you 15 minutes to breathe once you get home, but your kids freaking love you. And they're going to run up to you. Like that's going to be pretty hard for me to like keep them from doing that. Um, you know, you can look at them and say, I'm going to go to the bathroom. They're still going to come with you. So, you know, like, I think just having that real conversation to be like, I will try and give you that 15 minute breather before I like, would like for you to not just relieve me, but I'll tell you this. I see my brother and my sister-in-law do it pretty dang well, where it's not a relieving, it's a helping. Like they both contribute to dinner or if it's like, Hey, I got to take this phone call. It's like making dinner. Then they're like both. It's a juggling act. Like it's not Mm -hmm. like a perfect science. And I think day to day is definitely going to be different based on, like you said, like the energy levels that y'all are at. And I do think a check-in is helpful. Like I think to a lot of people's credit, I think one look at their spouse and they can be like, Ooh, I got to step it up right now. I got the energy. I'm going to take it to the next level. Or it's like a, Hey, I'm at 80%. You look like you're at 20%. Like let's, you know, I can, I can pick up your slack, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Like, I think there are just different ways of doing it. And I don't, I'm, I'm going to be really honest. I don't think that there's like a full relieving, like when, you're taking care of the kids at home. It's an, it's a full-time job. It's around the clock. Like your kids love you so much. They, they want mom and they want dad. Um, and depending on how many you have all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, if I, again, I think it's all about communication and just being able to say, I'll give you 15 minutes here. And then you get your 15 minutes here, you know, (laughs) like, and maybe that's time that you're spending on the toilet and in the shower. I don't know, but like that, that might be it. And even then your kid might be joining you in those situations. I'll try my best to keep them from joining you. But again, they love you so dang much that I don't really can't guarantee anything, you know? So, um, but I will say the dishwasher example, my opinion on that one is probably a little bit different in the sense that it comes back to what I was saying about like, level of annoyance, if you will. Um, so like for us, it's okay. So my husband has different weekends than I do. So like right now it's my Sunday, but for him, it's his Thursday. So like he has Tuesday, Wednesday office. It's like Saturday, Sunday. Right. So anyway, so his opinion of a weekend is he does nothing. He doesn't wash dishes. He doesn't do anything like he'll like rinse a dish off and put it inside the sink, but he like, you know, like he just doesn't want to do anything. So sometimes I like conform to that. And sometimes I don't, but I think it's, again, it comes back to level of annoyance. So like if it's bothering him that the dishes aren't, are still in the dishwasher and they're clean, then we, you know, unload it and, and put everything away. And for me and for it, same thing for me. Um, but if it's all clean and there's half a stack in the sink of dishes that are dirty, 
but we're cooking and we're doing all the things. We're just going to pull clean dishes out of the dishwasher. And then it's just on the person of whoever. Okay. Wow. Those dishes are high in the sink. We need to put them in the dishwasher. Okay, great. Like, let's just get it done. You know? So we don't necessarily have like a, if we are not feeling it, we just don't do it pretty much. Yeah. See, our, that's not going to fly with our kids. You clean up after yourself, you rinse off your plate, you put it in the dishwasher. Like you are, we all share the responsibility of this because we're all contributing to the mess. And that means that him and I, like we, and we both expect each other to do it, right? Like him and I, him and I will just automatically, like if we want our kids to do this and we want each other to do it, we're going to do it. Right. Unless like right now he's sick. So Oh. I'm doing all the, yeah, I'm doing, but like also neither of us cook, neither of us are cooks. And I'm like, this is something that I think is important for me to learn how to do. So I'm going to try and learn how to do it, but he doesn't expect it from me. You know what I mean? Like he would never, he, he will always provide us food. He won't cook it, but he will always provide us food. If I don't feel like cooking, which is pretty regular. I usually have a really long, like stressful day or whatever. Um, But the, let me, have you seen Chris Rock's skit about when dad comes home and the kid is at the window? So he was, his, his joke is like, every dad has done this driving home after a long day at work, pulls into the driveway, sees the blinds open and a kid, like one eye looking at dad's home and just put it in reverse and goes down to the local dive bar because he just it's like a moment so obviously he delivers it much funnier but my husband and I have a joke like dad's home and then you know running like any any time that happens like whenever I come home he comes running up to me and like mom's home you know it's like I just need I need to not be needed right now like yeah. I need to just only need myself right now. So like, you know, and, and so we, we always have that joke. It's like, okay, I need to, yes, it's funny. And yes, it's, it's funny that the, de- you know, his joke is the the thing that's yeah. funny is everyone laughs about that because every, every dad in that crowd is like, yep. <laughs> like I just need to not have another job right now. And like, I need to have someone that doesn't need, like I need to not be needed right now. So there's a reason it's a joke. Right. And anyways, I just like, I'm laughing because I keep thinking of that. And I'm like, I would be that person. Like my, my husband's going to stay home with the kids and I'll be the primary breadwinner. And usually jobs that bring in a big salary require long hours, lots of stress, they they tax you, you know? And in order to have that kind of salary and, and bring that kind of bread home for the kids, like you, that it takes it out of you. And then the kids also take it, right? So like, you're doing it for your family, you're doing it for the kids. And I tend to be more of like the masculine mindset. Like if I'm doing that, if I'm hustling all day for 10 hours, and then I have a commute home, which is also stressful here in the state of California, no matter where you live, somehow there's always five accidents. Right. I don't freaking know, but it's so stressful. And so anyways, and then I get home and then on top of it, now it's time for everyone to need me. I'm like, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to handle that very well. <laughs> Go to the dive bar, put it in reverse. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but here's the other thing. Like, I think that you can shape your family however you want to shape it. Right. And I, I do think you have the opportunity to say, listen, after work, I'm going to go to yoga or something, you know, like uh, this is what I need in order to be my best self when I'm actually at home with the kids. But I also, I mean, there's a good chance. And this is me just being honest that there's a good chance that if you're at work for 10 hours, you're actually going to miss the kids in the first couple of years of their life. Cause they're already going to be in bed. So that might not be a thing for a while. And then once they get older, then they'll be awake. Um, and then that's when you say, I need to go to yoga, you know? And like, I, I listen, I've had a stressful job. Like I 100% get that of like coming home and needing to be not needed. Like don't talk to me. 
like I loved living by myself when I had a stressful job because it was just me who needed me. And like, that was it. And a glass of wine, maybe a bottle, you know, and like, that's it. And there is something to that lifestyle, but I also think that there's also like a privilege to a lifestyle of being needed because you are special to a lot of people. And I think, I don't know, there's the cold side of it, which I would love to get into with you of like the colder side of things versus the warmer side of things. And Mm -hmm. is there a switch that we can either develop or that we have that can take you from one part of life to the next? Because I do think that it is inevitable. Like if you're, if you're going to say, I want to raise kids that do X, Y, and Z and value this and see a loving marriage and all these different things. But at the same time, I'm cold and I don't want to be needed. You're advertising two different things of life, right. And of what you want for your household. And so, and I'm not trying to call you out, but I do just want to like have that conversation of what your thoughts are of truthfully, how would you handle it? Like, I want to know, like I let's, let's strategize together because I think that there's, I think you're going to need an army of friends and, you know, of, of other, other people to, to help, you know? Yeah. Totally. Like there's one, sometimes it's it's important to be warm with your husband. And sometimes it's important to be logical and reasonable and not let like the hot emotion and like passion take you out, you know? Um, So we, I definitely value both. I want to be balanced with both, but our kids will also like, I saw my parents only do unreasonable emotional things. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes you need emotion and feeling and warmth and all of that passion, you know, that that's good stuff, but in moderation for sure. And also it's important to show because kids are all that they're like these little demons, right? They're all passion and all like emotion. And it's important to, to show them how to recalibrate. So anyways, I do, uh, I do subscribe to both more so to the cold piece. And I think that that is balanced out well by my husband. And I don't think I think they are balancing as opposed to you can only have one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you don't know which part of you is going to show up on a day. I think that's also something that like, I don't know if it's a woman thing, a male thing. It could just be a human thing of like the special sauce, right? Like I slept good. I got some sunshine. I got in some movement. I did the things that I know I need in order to be the best version of myself. Um, so I'm, I'm showing up, but then the next day it's like, I've got a headache and I didn't sleep good. And I just need a little bit of help from my husband to understand that I'm unwell and I need a little bit of babying today or whatever. And like, I think Brene Brown says it best. And I kind of referenced this earlier too, of like, okay, energy check what you got, you know, okay, great. You're at 50. I can, I can pick up the other 50. If you're not at a hundred and I'm not at a hundred, like we both have to compensate for that to get what we need done in the household. Right. It's not always going to be 50, 50. It could be 80, 20. Um, like, okay, you only have 20. Great. I'll pick up the slack, right? Like let's say 50, 50 is the starting ground. Then if I can't meet my 50, then my spouse should be able to pick up that extra, let's say 30% to, to make us that hundred that we need to be. Um, and I think that sometimes it's doable and other times you're both at a 20% and you just got to trudge through it and either call in reinforcements or say, Hey, like today's just not our day. And you accept it and you get through it and you know that the next day is better. And we're going to be better or you figure out how to make the next day better. Um, if you're both sick and you've got kids and you both can't take care of the kids again, you're either going to call in reinforcements or you're just going to have to bend and grin and bear it and say, okay, I can maybe give an extra 10. 
I can maybe give an extra 10. Okay, great. Now we're at 60. Can we do this? You know? And I think that whether that, that conversation is actually happening or if it's like a mind read, um, I also think that that's fair. Like I, I said that earlier. So yeah, I, I hear you. I do think that there are different strokes for different folks. And also like, <laughs> also very much like a day to day. Like I, I think it's fun and great to theorize, like us having both having remote jobs is really going to work when we have kids and all that, but we could get there and it doesn't work. And we're going to have to shift to whatever is going to work for our family. We could have a colicky kid that like literally cannot like be in this world without screaming its head off. Like that's not going to drive with two working parents. It's just not going to work, you know? So I don't, you just don't know the hand that you're going to be dealt when you talk kids and you don't have them. Yeah. And that's why you got to figure out your dynamic, right? Like the yes. yin and yang dynamic with your spouse so that you're both kind of filling in those gaps. Totally. And then, like you said, they say a village, it takes a village because it it might take more than just <laughs> the mom and the dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think when, when we talk division of labor prior to kids, it's like, yeah, figure out that part before, right. or, um, because once you throw kids into it, it's going to get that much harder to complete your quote unquote tasks. And like, you know, what are you okay? Like where to let's throw in budget to that freaking division of labor, right? Like, Okay. If I am not willing, neither of us are willing to cook. Does our budget allow for us to eat out seven nights a week? It does. Okay, great. If it doesn't, then someone's got to learn how to cook. You know, that's just what I've tried to do. (laughs) I've gotten these cookbooks and I got one. We were like, maybe we should try the Mediterranean diet. And because it's Mediterranean food. Yeah. I got the I got the damn cookbook and that is like beyond expert. It's like types of recipes. I'm like, it's going to take me three hours to make one of these. Oh yeah. No, simplify, simplify, simplify. I have to simplify. So, you know, I'm really good at making Mexican food. Yes. And I'm good at just like remembering, okay, this goes here. I can also substitute this if we are out of this, you know, but that took years for me to just make three basic recipes and the first 10 times they came out, they weren't that great, but then eventually they started becoming better. Right. And I just had to figure out what worked for me. So I can make like maybe 10 things. Like I'm really good at pasta and like making my own meat sauce. And that makes the pasta, right? Like that's all you really need is like the meat sauce and the pasta and the cheese and you bake some garlic bread and you're good to go. Right. It's like so easy. Um, but I was like, well, I'm just going to see if I can play around with making the meat sauce better. And and more tomatoes and and yeah yeah like adding a little bit of spice and what what works and and so I I agree starting simple and so I kind of stick with those but the the easier things that I make are really unhealthy Mm. let's say and so I'm like I want to make this taste good and also be healthier and so our idea was like the Mediterranean recipes will be all good and then I was I was looking at it and was like no this is this is going to take some practice for sure. I will say, I mean, this could be a whole another probably podcast of just cooking in general, but I will say I've learned a lot from Zach. Um, And I think the biggest thing is making things fresh isn't as hard as it seems. So like somebody might have a lot of ingredients, take like a salad dressing, for instance, But when you really boil it down, you're just combining all the ingredients and mixing it together. Right. And like, that's it. Um, and so they can look intimidating because the Mediterranean diet is very, very fresh. Like it's all, you know, you're not buying like Italian dressing and putting like, you're making the Italian dressing or not Italian dressing, but you know, Mediterranean dressing or whatever you get it. Um, so I think that that's maybe where some of that comes in, but anyways, we could, we could go down a really big rabbit hole there, but yes, I hear you of like wanting to make things healthier and all of that. My biggest recommendation there is think like meat and some veggies and like 
switch out your meat, switch out your veggies. That's a lot of what we do. And it, it keeps us on the variety train. So. Oh, you mean have majority meat and veggies and just switch out what kind of meat and switch out what kind of, or do you mean switch the meat and the veggies? Like, no, like, yeah, like, oh, okay. So, you know, you have three main meats that you choose from and then I got you. Yeah. And veggies and those are like your sides. Well, for the longest time, I was so scared of making our, making us sick and making myself sick even before I met my husband that I didn't, I, I either overcooked chicken breasts or I didn't cook them at all. And I, cause I was like, so, so scared, but now I have a good meat thermometer and it's okay. But like, I even, I tried my Chuck beef, uh, Dia de los Muertos recipe yesterday and I am I did something really wrong with the Chuck beef, but I've made it correctly before. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm getting used to the gas stove, different cooking utensils, like what the dealio, maybe I had different ingredients in there, but like it it was inedible. (laughs) My husband was still like, no, this is so good. I was (laughs) like, you're lying. (laughs) The meat is inedible. Everything else was good. Why was the meat overcooked or undercooked? So it was, you know how, um, it was so tough. Oh. So overcooked? I have no idea. So you like you were to the point where you can't chew it. I guess it depends on how you cooked it, but yeah, probably over. And it could be dependent on the type of meat that you've got. Like Yeah. So I've had so it's my grandma's recipe and it's just so easy. And so I don't I don't actually know how I messed it up. I think it was just we're moving and I'm trying to find cooking utensils and just maybe left it on a little bit longer in the sauce that it's supposed to not be cooked in, but you just add it to the sauce, but I kept it on simmer. So, and I used a different pot this time. It's like, maybe it almost boiled a little bit, but I, I have no idea what happened. It's all chemistry. Right. Um, anyway, so I, but I know how to do it correctly. Yeah. You know? And I've used different, a different pan for it. So Next I feel like it had to do also with like the cut of meat. Yeah. Well, I probably should have cut them smaller, but it's technically the same kind. Oh, you know what? Not how what you I, cut it. The that's what I, no, that's what I messed up. So it was the correct kind, but my grandma, I remember her cutting the meat because usually the cubes are too big. Mm. And I remember her cutting them smaller. And actually I remember her using scissors and being like, ooh, I've never seen that happen before so I think that's what I did wrong was like Mm -hmm. you're just supposed to saute these like cubes and and cut them smaller Mm. but anyways you know it's it's things like that where it's like that should have been easy and should come out well because I've done it before but I just had different like I forgot one step or whatever so yeah it's so hard for me I mean, cooking cook? is hard. I literally like, I'll look like a tornado went off in the kitchen and like yeah. that be done and it's like pristine. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I don't, you're just not allowed in the kitchen. I'm like, well, I get like worried. I'm going to burn something. And then I do burn something. And then all my focus is on the burnt thing. And then I like forget about the other thing that's on it. Like, no. Yeah. And then like, I'm, I, I, if you don't want me to burn something that is on the oven, then you have me focus on it the entire duration. And then, then I will cut all the veggies or I'll cut them before. Right? But I get very, very, very like excited, I guess you could say to like put something on the stove. So that's like the first thing I do. And instead of like, oh, let's cut up all the things that are going to go Perfect. on the stove yep. first. Yeah. No, it's like, oh, got to cook the shrimp. Great. We're going to put the shrimp on. Oh, shit. It needs some onions. Okay, great. I'm going to go cut the onion. Oh, shit. I burned the shrimp. (laughs) Same. Same. So I have to think it through because my grandma and my husband's father, my father-in-law, they do the exact same thing. Okay, now put the the pork chops and, you know, brown it on either side and then – and then wait 10 minutes with a lid on it and then it's done. And then I'm like, okay, is it done? No, cook it more. Okay. Like, but how, how much longer, like another 10 minutes or two minutes or whatever. And so oh, like, yeah. but that's how my grandma was too. It was like, okay, hey, now we add in 
um, a full hand pinch is different than like a two finger pinch. And so she would add, you know, I, I couldn't remember is like just a two finger pinch of a full handful, full, full hand pinch, whatever. And so I always mess those like little subtle things up. But once you start to get it, it's so true. Once you start, once you practice more and start to get a sense, you're like, okay, while this is cooking, I can clean up over here, clean as you go, right? Right. While this is, I will need these things chopped to put in this for us, right? So like you do learn, but man, it's complicated. It is, but I will say, so something I've learned is there's more freedom in cooking than there is in baking. You mess uh, up on that. the slightest bit in baking, your bread just goes totally to shit. You've got a yeah. cube of cement. Totally. And I that's a piece that I don't understand. I've tried my hand at baking. I'm doing okay. Talk about baking, gluten-free, dairy-free, corn-free, nut-free. It's, it's a tough time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's fine. Yeah, you just put like chocolate in there. <laughs> I'm like, let's try some chocolate. Yeah. No, I do make my own chocolate. See what happens. <laughs> Literally, it's like, okay, yeah. this comes out fun. And like, I made some corn, non-corn cornbread last week. And oh my gosh, I literally put it in for the time. And I look in there and I'm like, why is it jiggling like jello? I don't understand. <laughs> it a bit. So then I like turned the heat up on the, the oven and like put it in for some more minutes. And I was like, it's still jiggling. So I like had to take it out. And I was like, oh, it's just that it jiggles. <laughs> like it just jiggles. It wasn't like it was runny. It just jiggled. Yeah. And it was so <laughs> moist. It was actually really good because it had like the honey in it. Um, And I would totally make it again. It was just one of those things that was so unexpected. I was like, what's happening? Yeah. But and now you know. Now it, I know. Goes, so but like you'll do I, better. Yeah. There were a couple recipes there that I looked at that they they did a really good job of being like, if it does this, then this is what you did. If it does this, then add some of this. And like this one did not have that. Same with like these biscuits that I made. I scoured that thing. I was like, this doesn't seem right. And I scoured the article for like, did I do this wrong? Like, why is it crumbling? And like, there was nothing. It was just like, this is a really great recipe. If you really like this. And I was like, why did you even write an article leading to a recipe? I hate that. So annoying. So anyways, um, yeah, made some like coconut flour biscuits that turned out pretty good, but they're so dry that like, if they get stuck in your throat, it kind of makes you want to throw up. But anyways, yeah. Oh gosh. I just cover them in jam <laughs> and butter. Oh, you can have butter, you but-, can have butter mm-hmm. but I have ghee. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad we ended on cooking because we both kind of suck at it, but we're yeah. getting better. Yeah. And, uh, how do you feel? I mean, I, I don't know if we did it justice and sorted anything out, but how do you feel? <laughs> I mean, I think we've talked about it. I think a lot of times, like we talked about it, it's good. Like, I think we're bringing it to light of like, Hey, this is something that should be talked about. I don't think we're going to solve it. Like, this is definitely what you need to do. But I do think that there is a need for a discussion and also maybe not, I think sometimes it just happens. Like I know for, there were definitely like, I had a conversation with Adrian who's been on the podcast before, um, about like, okay, well, what do you guys do? And she like went into stuff of like all the things she does. And I was like, wow, you do so much. And I was like, I, I, I vacuum and I do the laundry what else do I do? Yeah. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell her what I did, but I feel like I do a lot. And so we kind of went into like, okay, well, how did you get there? And it was the same thing. Like it's the same formula. Like, okay, yeah. well, what do you like to do? What do I like to do? What do you hate doing? What do I hate doing? And just yeah. kind of making it all mesh. And I do remember when Zach and I first started dating, it was definitely very much of like, just assumed, like he just always cooked and he loved cooking. And like, I remember going into his bathroom one time and being like, hmm, I think I'm going to clean this, you know? And like, that's just, it is what it was. But then like, he hated doing the laundry 
And he told me verbally that, you know, and then I very much just started doing it, you know, and like it just kind of all fell into place. And then one day I was like, do you think I do enough around the house? Like, are you good? And he's like, yeah, you do so much. And I was like, nice. Okay, cool. You know, and yeah. so I think it just it just can kind of happen. I I think if you're feeling, if anyone out there is feeling like it's maybe not equal, like I I think what we're trying to say is like we encourage the conversation because there does need to be a healthy divide. Um yeah. I've definitely heard of relationships where it's kind of like what we are saying of like, well, the husband or the male of the house goes out and they work all day. So they expect everything to be done when they get home. And that can work for some people. Um, but if you're feeling like it's not working, like have the conversation, because even if it's small things of like, he needs to take out the trash, like, okay, great. Like what should little things make the world of difference of just burden. Mm-hmm. So is yeah. that a good summary? Yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, division. <laughs> it's you know, hopefully, it's fairly divided to to your preferences. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I also think there's a different area of this that, like I mentioned earlier, um, my friend Taylor very much. They have literally a like chore list of things they need to do daily, weekly, monthly. And they both look at it and they both do all of it like together and they divide and conquer. And like, I love that they do that. I sometimes wish we could be that disciplined, but that sounds like my personal hell. So like, (laughs) but like for us, we're just going to like, I wake up and I, if I feel like doing it great. And if I don't, I'm not going to force myself to do it. So again, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that's all we have for you on that one. I mean, I'm sure it'll come up many other times. Uh, And we kind of took you down a really fun ride. I hope you had fun with us. Um, And I hope you all enjoy your week. So that's all for now. Bye-bye. Hey, subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. Find us on Instagram, The Genuine Gals. Our website is thegenuinegals.com. We'd love to hear from you guys on, on what you think and honestly, what else you'd like to hear us talk about. So we'll catch you next week.